0: Bueller, Bueller. Wake up. Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw!
1: Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Oh. Victory, Kentucky!
0: <laughs> like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She
1: probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They buggers <laughs> over here back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh, oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We pastors. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wow. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the
0: gun. Play fake. Stepping up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down.
1: Yeah. Touchdown, Kentucky! Jesus, Rash, get it together! Yeah, right. It's game day, come on! Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Rouse.
0: Hello everybody! Happy Monday to you, February 19th. 2024, you're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, good morning to you. Great weekend for us, hopefully a great weekend for you. We'll, we'll do a little morning pleasantries just to find out how good the weekend is or was for you. But when the Caps win, that's a step in the right direction. Nick Roush, how are you doing, buddy?
1: What's up? I'm doing great. I had uh, a rough Sunday because I had such a great Saturday, if you know what I mean. I think he's muted.
0: Scoots, is that going through for you or not for me? Yeah, going through go. for you, Hit. just me thing. It's yep. always uh, fun. Gotta love come,
1: that. So, so, Scoots, so TJ can't hear anything. No, that's not a great, Pop. But yeah, no, uh, Scoots, I, that's why I appreciate and admire your um, dedication. And I, I, I hope that you're. Um, Abstention from alcohol is going strong. It's great to have just like the one-off. Oh, yeah. Catch us one. We're getting after it tonight, boys. And, ooh, man, we got after it. We went a little hard in the paint. And we were facing the consequences on Sunday. So, it was um, it was all worth it. Uh, um, as as we all called it, at least this guy called it, it was, uh, it was fun. But at least it was nice out yesterday. I did at least get outside. Get the, got the kids outside to a playground and uh yeah ready ripping ready to roar here on a monday um fired up for for this edition of krc scoots did did you make it through the weekend people people need to know
2: i did make it through the weekend although watching indiana yesterday was probably the one point of this weekend i was like man i could really use some alcohol right now because woof woof, they are man cooked I mean, I, I've said they're cooked for a couple of weeks now, but, man, it, it was tough to watch. So, that was really the one only point of the weekend where I was like, man, I could, I could use a beer right now.
1: But would, would you call it the most unenjoyable experience of your life?
2: Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it, it wasn't very enjoyable. I'll tell you that. I mean, anytime you lose it, Mike Woodson's never beat Northwestern. I don't, I don't know if y'all knew that. <laughs> he has never beat Northwestern. Northwestern's best player, one of their best players, hurt for the season. Their best player got two fouls within the first six minutes of the game, and we just let Northwestern punk us. So I, I don't even know what to say anymore in regards to the Hoosiers. People want to gripe about Mike Woodson and how bad of a coach he is, but the fact of the matter is these guys just can't hit shots. I think they were like 40% from the free throw line yesterday. So not ideal. I, I'm done with Indiana basketball. It's, it's not any fun. Hey, but they, Scoots, they had the cool jerseys. You had to love the jerseys. No, I do not like those jerseys at all. I For the first, like, three minutes of the game, I kept watching Northwestern like it was Indiana because they were in white. And I was like, well, that was stupid. And then I'd realize, well, that was Northwestern. Never mind. It was. It, I hated them. And we got to wear them, I think, two more times this season. So, awesome. I... So I I bet IU,
0: so that was unfortunate. I had a pretty good weekend overall, even even not picking the Cats to win, being the only person on roll call, not picking the Cats to win. Uh, But had an overall pretty solid betting weekend, but definitely was way off. I I was like, all right, IU's not very good. Scoots was right about them off the get-go. But they're at home. The northw the thing you said about Northwestern, I was like, that's got to be on the back of Mike Woodson's mind. They're going to come out ready to go, and they'll they'll find a way to get a home win on a Sunday, even in those horrible jerseys. But a couple things, I didn't I didn't realize, but I probably should have, that the jerseys were such a lightning rod controversy in the IU fan base because Scoots UK fans have had their their online arguments and discussions about black jerseys before our colors are blue and white. We're not Duke, and I know IU fans were having the same. Our colors are crimson and whatever, but not not black. These are Purdue's jerseys. Um, but that was my biggest takeaway. I thought the jer- like I thought IU in black, kind of looked like interesting. Like, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. You don't see IU in black, but the jersey layout was kind of weird just to yes. begin with. And then that's, that's what hard. I kept doing, Scooch. Is I kept thinking I was like, "Why is IU going the opposite way in this basketball game? That's weird." And then Northwestern, who wears black jerseys semi-frequently, I kept getting the teams confused, just like you did. And then I lost my bet, and I was mad. And IU is horrible. Uh, Khalil Ware is awesome. He's being wasted away, but yeah, Roush, that was where I was. I kept getting, I kept getting confused.
1: The, the, the problem they have is they did the thing that Kentucky did with their black jerseys where they don't outline the numbers. So you can't even, you have to, if you're going to do a dark color Jersey with a dark color number, you have to outline it or else you just can't, you can't tell what it is. Um, but either way, it was really stupid. I mean, it was the number and then it, in like a weird, like almost like Y2K font. It almost looked like the SEC logo from the early 2000s that was in the middle of the paint at Ruff, um, the way that it was written. And then they had Indiana underneath it. Very, very, very bad jersey. For what uh, it's that's, worth. It's a three-stripe life. Adidas.
2: For what it's worth, those jerseys were or are tertiary colored. Indiana is black. So, I thought it made sense, but those jerseys were like slate gray. They weren't even black. So, I, did, I didn't care for them, and the fact that they're called Fear of God. Like, what are we doing? Is that the only time Indiana could put the Fear of God in somebody is if we wear those jerseys? And we still couldn't even put the Fear of God in Northwestern. So, scrap them. They don't work. Get rid of them. Burn them.
0: Uh, Roush is right. That's the three-stripe life, though. But, Roush, how, how was your weekend? Everything, uh,
1: it, it was good. It was, yeah, and – well, I, so I gotta t- discuss my viewing experience, cause yeah, it was a great weekend. Did the fish fry on Friday, and um, I think the snowy weather in the or ice, you know, whatever inclement weather in the forecast. I think it scared a lot of the the older clientele away. Um, which, if you've been to a Catholic fish fry, that's like a third of the the patrons, or. Gray haired people. So it was uh, It was a short line. So that was nice. Kid had a great time running around. Won a cake at the cake wheel. So that was great. Had a great Saturday leading up to the game. Um, even had uh, my buddy bring his kids over. They were playing with our kids. But I, I did have this odd. Uh, the plan was to leave the house at tip off. Go down the street to my buddy's house. Watch it there. Get rowdy. Scream at the television you know, don't have to control my cursing, Um, that whole sort of thing. It was going to be watching the game with the boys where I could really just unleash all of my inner roushness. But the problem was is I went to go pick up pizza for the kids and everybody, and, you know, like by the time that all happened, it's a little late, and Kentucky was kicking ass, right? It's the under four media timeout, and they're up by like nine, and I'm like, ah, I'm not, I can't just bail now. And like, the kids are fine. You know, the cats are rocking and rolling. I've got my beers here. Like I'll, I'll be good. And you know, if things get haywire, I can always leave. Um, so that was the, the kind of spot I was in where even, I just went straight up through halftime and my, my buddy down the streets texting me and, uh, you know, really taking shots at my pride for not leaving my house saying that my wife wouldn't let me leave and all this. And I'm like, dude, the cats are winning. I got to stay right here in my spot where I'm standing up, standing, you know, three feet from the television right next to the TV. Uh, And it worked. It was great. I was fired up. And as soon as the game ended, I like ran out of my house. and was screaming, went over, started a cat's chant, and then uh, won some money playing poker. Would have won more money if the dunk contest wasn't rigged uh, because Jacob Toppin was awesome. We can get to that later. Uh, And then almost won. I, I even watched UFC scoots, like, it was just a, Come a great night. It was all sports, everything. Um, the UFC fights were fun, too. So I just was uh, living it up. I mean, just a euphoric feeling until I just went home and crashed and burned uh, because I was exhausted. So, uh, yeah, yeah, great Saturday. Well, that had to be pretty late, though, when you got home. Yeah, it was like 2 a.m., so... Seems like a appropriate
0: time to crash and burn. I would, I would hope you'd be crashing and burning <laughs> at 2 a.m. I was whooped,
1: man. I was uh, you,
0: you should be. I, I don't know what the alternative would be. I, I was still fired up. I was running through the kitchen. Uh, no, that's, that sounds – we had very different Saturdays. So, yeah. Uh, I, you, you, do, you doing things and me not doing anything. Uh, but I was happy with my Saturday, too. I got a lot done around the house and then just watched the game at home. And, like, the second half was just – the wife and I watching together and like talking not about anything serious, but just like talking, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Like it was, we just had casual conversation during the game, not really about the game, but I kind of liked it because it was kind of taking my mind off being anxious. But in the, in reality, I would have been all right being anxious. Cause Kentucky, there's a few tight moments there, maybe in the second half where you thought Auburn was about ready to make it a tie game or something like that. But it was a buffer zone game for the second half for the most part. But, no, we just watched in the basement. We're just talking about, like, the, the baby, some upcoming stuff we've got going on. And, uh, like, occasionally I would have, like, an outburst or probably do do something weird with my arms or make some weird noises. Uh, but it was almost a good, like, all right, don't – you know, you don't have to get too worked up about the game. Your mind's on some other thing. Ah, shoot that three. we got to make it, Reed. Uh, but it was great all the same. But we had very different Saturday nights – Scoots, people want to hear about your weekend more than anybody else's, though.
2: Uh, it was good. It was a good weekend. So, due to the weather on Friday, my game that I was supposed to call on Friday got postponed to Saturday. So, I went from having absolutely nothing to do on Saturday to having breakfast with all my pie, my mom, and one of my uncles. Um, and then I had to go out and cover my game. Started at 2.30 in the afternoon. So, as Ooh. much as I hate a Saturday game, it was that it was early enough where I was still home by five, five thirty. So I didn't I didn't really mind. So I sat down, watched Kentucky when I got home. It was a f- fun game. A super fun game. Gil was pumped up. He was he was all over the place, just loving the cats performance on Saturday. So watched that with him. Uh, tuned into the postgame show a little bit after the game and then played some Hogwarts. And then yesterday I had to go to work and came home, played a little more Hogwarts, and called it a weekend. So it, it was one of those weekends definitely that didn't last long enough. It it just flew by. So that that's unfortunate, and then it's going to be the same with this week. I've got five games to call this week. So th- this week is going to fly for me.
1: February Madness. That's right. Come on. March to March. That's it's right. It's on. And Scooter Ding
0: is calling them all. Districts, and you've got uh, – regionals, and set. what are they called in Indiana, sectionals? Sectionals, yep. Last Can't forget uh, about your, your sectionals. So, that
2: that all starts next week. I, I haven't even looked at my schedule for next week, but I know I've got at least four games next week as well with sectionals in Indiana and districts over here. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a madhouse for probably the next three weeks for me. So, looking forward to that. Well, good. It'll go by
0: quickly. You'll do a great job of it. And we, we we look forward to, to hearing it. Uh what got a Corey
1: versus uh, Roush do, duel tomorrow to wrap up the regular season. So, suck it, Corey. Yeah, take that. Male. Oh, that's, that,
0: that's exciting. That should be you a pretty like good game. Female. Uh, scooch, people want to hear more about what's going on in – and Hogwarts, scoots. Did you get into any trouble this weekend? Any a thousand points for Gryffindor?
2: <laughs> no. So I actually, I, I'm cooking on that game, guys. I'm like eighty percent done with it. I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I've got one big mission left. I've got a, I've got to defeat the evil guy. I tried it once. And he's really, really hard. It took me like an hour and a half. So. That was early last week. I haven't gone back to the well and tried to defeat him yet. I've just been doing little side missions. But, man, it's, 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 I'm, I'm running out of things to do, and it's not good. So every night I hop on there, and I'm like, well, what do I want to do? Maybe go do a couple side missions or go look for beasts that I can rescue. I, so I, I'm at the point in the game now where I just really don't know what to do. So I think so. I'm going to have to pull a Shea and just finish the game and then restart it and go to a new house.
1: Well I, I can I just say that I appreciate you your your Hogwarts updates because I think this is how I talk my wife into letting us get a, a, a new system hey because on. I think it's great playing Wii with the kid and you know playing classic video games because he's three right like you don't you don't need much for that but if I were to somehow stumble into a chance. Like I, I'm not a big video game guy, but this could be a point of entry because my wife, I think, would thoroughly enjoy it. And me, on the other hand, I would thoroughly enjoy getting college football 25, too, as much as I had my dumb hot take or whatever. This this might be my key to getting back into video games. Even if it's not right away, even if it's like a year or two down the line, this is the, the point of entry. That I, I can I can get my wife on board. What, what what's the console you even have it on? I, I play it PS on
2: 5? PlayStation Four.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. but we're on to five now. That's we are good. on to five. Yeah. Okay. What's the, What do you, they call the Xbox one now? Great question.
2: Great question. I should know that because Gil. Well, Gil's got the. He's got like four version of Xbox. So answer
1: such question. Xbox.
2: Xbox One, maybe. That may be right. Yeah, it sounds right. Xbox
1: One here.
0: Scooch.
2: when the game's over, do you just
0: graduate? Are they like, do they? is there a graduation ceremony? I don't know. It's like, you're out of, your years are done. I haven't got so, there but, yet. Do years change during the game where it's like, all right, you're not a year three person anymore. Now you're a year four.
2: No, so the, the premise of the game is you start as a fifth year. Um. So, mm. I, and I don't think you go, I don't think you're going to have other years, but it is really cool because it changes seasons. Like you, you'll be on a certain mission and you'll look around and there's like jack-o'-lanterns everywhere. And then a couple more missions later, it, the ground will be covered in snow. Everything's decorated for Christmas. So that's been really cool. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there's going to be additional years after the fifth year.
0: That is really cool. Yeah. You know, it's really, really, really cool. Or, Roush, what do you think is really cool? Something, something you think is cool in yeah. your life?
1: Well, you, you mentioned all these holidays. I think it would be really cool if we decorated for President's Day. You know, like, just... Yeah, happy
0: President's Day, everybody.
1: Yeah, you know, had, like, George Washington's in people's front yards to celebrate uh, <laughs> Georgie Porgy and Abe Lincoln.
0: The, my daughter's school is off today, so
1: they're, they're yeah. really they're really celebrating the holiday big. That's why um, I'm doing the show for my parents' house because there's no school anywhere so we're just figuring out the childcare. All We've the teachers
0: to- were all the teachers at the school they said we want them to have all day to be able to go do their favorite furniture or mattress shopping because that's what everybody does on their president's day. It's what the holidays known for.
2: Scooch, do you have a favorite president? Uh yes. You all have asked me this, I think, every single president's day, and my answer will always be the same. Abraham Lincoln.
1: Uh, your favorite Kentucky native. No, nah, Indiana native. Nah, it
0: I was mean, his boyhood
1: Indiana's-
0: home. Boyhood home, I think, is the worst claim to yeah. have of somebody. <laughs> it really is the bad. the most pathetic, I think. Like what what what's and the and the sad thing is yeah, and we we love our friends north of us and it's and people can poke fun at Kentucky here and there, but when it's 150 years later Roush like if your claim to fame is we are this person's boyhood home that's pretty bad. And then you follow that up with all right, that's the best we can do is like boyhood home. And then you follow it up with Let's just, hey, let's be the crossroads of America. What does that even mean? (laughs) It's it's something. Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. Just say say the crossroads of America. You followed up with debatably something worse. Those being Indiana's back one, two punches, horrible marketing. The marketing team in the like 80s and 90s, they need to be fired. What is it now? Discover Indiana?
2: Yeah, it's not good. It's a,
1: yeah. Indiana.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, you're right.
2: Maybe it's worse. Maybe it's three straight,
0: but yeah, that's, that's the worst claim to fame for Abraham
2: Lincoln. Boyhood home. Well, it's kind of like me though. I mean, right. I I tell you all, you you all give me guff about being from Pekin where in reality, I didn't move to Pekin until I was 10. So I, I, you all, we should be talking about how I'm from Georgetown, not Pekin. If that's the way you think about it. So you would say that pekin's your boyhood home, pekin was my boyhood home,, yeah. but Georgetown is where is your where you, that's
0: the Kentucky in this equation absolutely, yeah, okay, and then would you consider yourself a floridian
2: uh yeah, Jacksonville would be my illinois
0: in
1: this in this hypothetical
0: <laughs> So that that's, that's, that's who made you who you are
2: exactly
1: yeah
0: you're, you're duval <laughs> yeah
1: duval dingus. <laughs>
0: Well, Roush, that was fun. You you called it. I, I don't know if it was necessarily because you thought Kentucky was better than Auburn, but you, you thought the script kind of suggested a, a Cats win. You were spot on about it. Uh, Scoots, I think, was from a betting standpoint. or He had some well, – what was your reasoning for thinking? It, it was my he was teacher.
2: Miss Neville was my least favorite teacher that, in high school. That's right.
0: That's <laughs> right. I knew you had some, some bizarre reason behind it. But you know what? You guys were right. Hopefully you made some money. On it, Kentucky from start to finish looks like the better team against Auburn. Uh, if Kentucky plays a better game, they may win that game by 20-plus. By Instead, buffer zone, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Auburn makes a couple runs where maybe like six points where you thought it gets a little bit interesting. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, Kentucky in complete control and gets its signature win of the season. The UNC win was great. UNC is going to be seeded higher than Auburn on Selection Sunday. But, Roush, that was a place that teams have not won this year. Kentucky goes in there, makes it look easy. Twice this week, Kentucky guards and does a phenomenal job defensively. The old Miss game – We were thrilled about a step in the right direction. The Auburn game, their best defensive performance by far on the season, keeping the Tigers under 60 points. Just an all-around great basketball game for UK. Big for the resume, big for SEC standings, big big for for Kennedy, big for morale confidence you name it roush that was huge and the fan base needed that we needed that on saturday so that was I, i i loved every second of it
1: oh it was so great and and part of my confidence entering the game was what jack pilgrim was talking about beforehand where auburn thought they had won the game before it even started right they've got guys camping out forever this was supposed to be their coronation it kind of reminded me of uh, Louisville football fans entering that game where they just like, oh, this is our time to prove that we're the best and we're just going to show up and Kentucky punched them in the mouth as soon as the game started and Auburn never recovered. Um, I, the, the biggest my, my two big takeaways were A, uh do just being a physical presence inside and that sort of felt like that set the tone um, defensively. And then the other big thing is just the, it, it's, uh, I, I think Cal said this uh, at a game earlier this year, and I forget which one it was, where they played defense good for a half. It might have been uh, Texas A&M, or right? I, I forget which one it was, but he's like, yeah, we told ourselves we can guard if we really want to. And they they talked, they hustled, they were aggressive. And I think it was most evident on just the, the the help defensive rotations, right? Like you did not have these just huge catastrophic collapses that left guys wide open, where it felt like every time there was uh, an overhelp, if you will, it did force Auburn to make two and three extra passes. And if they got that shot off, it was at least somewhat contested. Like there was a guy running at him. And then it was KD Johnson. Um missing and clanking an open three which man love kd johnson kd johnson let's make him auburn tiger for life that dude's garbage um luck and i were discussing uh his overall play he's the jack plumber of auburn basketball like just the gift that keeps on giving he might get a couple steals here and there and be pesky but that dude stinks they that whole team stinks just auburn take out your suck it and suck it you losers ha. <laughs> <laughs> <Wizards>. <laughs> there was
0: a, a katie johnson highlight tape going around from the game on saturday
1: oh i want to see it i haven't seen it i need it. It, it it was pretty tough uh he had he had like one layup in transition but i can't where he created a steal but i can't think of anything good that he did besides that
0: roush you can make an avenue for a solid defensive Kentucky basketball team here or a a defensive team that is quote-unquote good enough, if you will, um, where it's not going to be one of Cal's best, it's not going to be one of college basketball's best. But it's, it can hold enough water where the offense can do its thing, and this can be a team that we all thought it could be. And if you can win at Auburn, folks, you can go to a Final Four. You can definitely go to a Final Four, I promise you. And if you can beat UNC, UNC's a good team. Then you can go to a Final Four. Uh, these this team is is closer than I think the fan base realizes or at least some of the fan base wants to realize. Yet, I also think there's a portion of the fan base that's like, I, I know what this team can do. I always have known what this team can do. And there's been a few speed bumps on the way. But I can at least see the light at the end of the tunnel with a defensive uh, strategy that can work. DJ Wagner is so big defensively. I yeah. thought I thought Saturday could be a good DJ Wagner game for him. Uh, no, he couldn't really get it going offensively, but that's all right. Like It's okay if DJ isn't your your best offensive player. It, we always were wondering all summer and even into the fall and even into the season just how all the chips were going to fall in this, and a big part of it was DJ. A lot of mock drafts had him really, really high. Uh, We knew that he wasn't maybe the best shooter of the bunch, but it was Cal's kid and he was going to get playing time and he was going to start, but how was it all going to shake out? He's debatably been the most flexible player in, in the rotation. Uh, You don't need him to score. He he doesn't have to put up a ton of shots. Uh, I was all right with him taking some of those open shots. I do think late shot clock situations get the ball maybe in somebody else's hands if he can get to the rim that's good I know that's always an option for him but with somebody kind of doing the old dribbling shake I'm gonna pull up a three he's probably not the best option to have that happen but point being he was able to get to the line more than anybody else on UK's team besides the, Duke the Arrow. they both
1: he, like that, yeah that, 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 Auburn was just slapping there everybody to be Jesus I think it rattled Reed a little bit but DJ was never a phase by it.
0: no and he could again like I said he wasn't a, a great scorer but he just does different things for this team that they desperately need. And most importantly, he can be a dog defensively. Maybe not for 40 minutes, but he'll have a few possessions where he can be really sticky on a defender and make things tough. So you get DJ playing guard. Here's the avenue to a good defensive team. Ugo, he's doing 36 minutes out of him. That's huge to be able to get that out of him. And he didn't have the the 10-block game, but I'll take 11 rebounds in the makeup of that one. So, he's good, and he's a good defender. He'll get lost a little bit, and he'll make some mistakes, but anybody that can block 10 blocks in a game, that's something impressive. That's something he's we're building some. on. Yeah. And then Adu, uh, you know, Adu is maybe just Kentucky's most naturally gifted defender, but between him and Trey at the four, you, you trust that defensively. That's good enough. I think Adu can be really, really good, and Trey's solid. He's not going to – if he's healthy, he's solid. He's not going to make a ton of mistakes. And then – This isn't necessarily an offensive lineup, Roush. I'd want to have a ton of minutes, but Edwards is is really growing. Uh, Only four points. Offensively, he didn't force anything. That's what I like seeing out of him on Saturday. But defensively, he's starting to kind of figure it out. And he'll play that aggressive style. And, of course, it didn't work out for him the entire game. He did foul out, so they were calling some of those fouls. But some of the fouls he was getting called up for weren't necessarily like aggressive defense. It was just doing something silly here or there or the refs being a little too nitpicky if you ask me so he's a solid defender and then we have talked about the strides reeves has made as a as a defensive player um yeah. so he he's i don't think he should be a team's best defender but in this avenue in this scenario he's he's not uk's best defender he's so his length to that's that's to solid finish. like that's a group that can defend that's a group that can defend enough and then reed shepherd is not a great defender but, but he's what he's doing
1: pocket, man. Oh yeah, what he's doing there—three of his last four games—it's insanity. He's only in the a, he break Rondo's single-season single season steals record.
0: <laughs> I, I know, I know. People could kind of be—they—they—they they, they could push back on this, but five seals to me—that is the equivalent of like Reed could get torched five times, and you're calling it a wash. Yeah. Now, five seals doesn't necessarily equal five buckets, and. Reed getting torched five times doesn't necessarily mean the opposing team scoring all five times, but that's what you're that's the way you have to look at it. Every steal that he gets is one uh, you you should be accepting of a read breakdown defensively if it happens, and it doesn't happen all that many times. My point being, he should be out on the floor, he's actually a, a net positive with what he brings defensively. Yes, he's not the best on the ball defender, but five steals. Uh, I made a killing on the Steels props on Saturday, Roush. And then really it comes down to like, if you're talking about serious rotation players, it really comes down to Dillingham where you're saying like, all right, what can you, can you excuse him out a little bit? And the answer is probably not. He's a bad defender. He has bad tendencies. He'll take some risky gambles that he probably shouldn't. But Roush, instead of talking about like three or four players that can't defend, maybe we're just talking about one now. Like I can see how this can start to get together on the defensive end, well, and if they can do that against Auburn, they can do it against a lot of other teams. This was this was a really big breakthrough, in my opinion, on Saturday.
1: This is uh, this conversation we just had is the same conversation we're going to have about Kentucky's offensive line this fall, right? The, there's. Okay, well he's he's pretty good in this spot right here. And you know, he's he's not as great blocking the run, but he's a good pass pro. You know, like they don't have to be great. They don't have to be world beaters, the big blue wall of old, but they just gotta be good enough, and they can be good enough. They can be middle of the pack offensive line that's just good enough to get this Kentucky offense where they're going. That that's 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 how I feel like we're having with this. Uh, kentucky basketball defense it's a very similar conversation where it's never going to be the strength of the team but you just got to be good enough you can't be an absolute liability and they they've they've been i think they've exceeded that in the last two games but the the problem that i think a lot of people have just in general when thinking about this team it's such a high variance right now because you've had games where they don't defend nobody and then they've had games where they've been pretty darn good defensively. So you have to just become more consistent because, like, I mean, even even Cal. Cal's got to be more consistent because he coached his brains off. He put tied up Bruce Pearl on a knot and threw him down on the sideline. It was hilarious. He coached out-coached that guy in circles on Saturday. And then this is a week after he threw that lob play against Gonzaga and just Mark Few put him in a blunder. So it's like we just got to get – a little bit more consistency on a game by ba- game basis. Gotta build that up because that's really like that that that's the last piece of the puzzle before March because you can't just be awesome one time. You gotta be awesome four, five, six games in a row. So that that's uh, we're moving in the right direction. We're going the right way. Yep. Now go do it on the road again and then do it at home against Alabama and hell, you could have a double buy in the SEC tournament huge
0: three game stretch but we're going to talk all about it we'll talk more about the cats win at auburn bruce pearl john calipari and the what's left for for kentucky basketball a lot of exciting things to discuss on today's kentucky roll call do not go anywhere tj walker nick roush justin galen back after this ...by Auburn, and then Shepard steals it from behind in the other end of the court. Throws it ahead to
2: Reeves. Reeves slows it up. jammed <laughs> man! With one hand by Fierro, and, and he foul. got fouled! <laughs> my, oh my! Wow, I was already saying turnover going the other way. I don't know how in the world he got up that high. I thought he'd overthrown him. ...by Auburn, and then Shepard...
0: Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio... Oh. I had already said it was a turnover the other way. I don't know how in the world he got up so high. Goose, great call. Leach, great call. Adieu, great dunk, buddy. Way to go. He really did get up so high. That was, that that should be Daniel Hagar in the all-time UK dunk video clips. Go ahead and, and put that one in there. That was a classic. And one, no less. So dude, the arrow goes skying up for the dunk, brings it home, and one. And a great Trey Mitchell celebration on the sideline, hilarious. He, he was, we may need just a trade cam if he's out of the game. He was hilarious. He <laughs> does the too small celebration. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Galen. Yeah, that'd do dunk Roush. I won't be forgetting that one anytime soon.
1: That one was great. He had a couple that were great, but that one was just so unexpected. I mean, it kind con- What 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 was Goose's? I can't believe he. Uh, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> how in the world did he, How in the world did he get that high? Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: and, yeah. And and speaking of which, I'm glad that they had such a fun call as you heard as we came back from the break there, but ESPN had a terrible call. Uh, and then Jay Billis is like, "Well, just a phenomenal play there from Reed Shepard. Which it was a good play by Reed, but that's just what Reed does. Like you know, he he pokes balls away, he gets steals all the time. I just don't know how you could see a dude take a ball that is nearly going over the backboard and cram it in one hand and draw the foul. And your first thought is." Well, Reed Shepard on the hockey assist there was really really great. A dude is flying, Jay, flying in the air, and that's the person that you want to bring up. But uh, this is this is good. This is more fun than losing three home games at Rupp Arena. Roush UK win seventy
1: to fifty nine. Antonio Reeves, stop me if you've heard this. Not, but like that. You had run starters. You also had just like moments where they you would get the game close, but. Kentucky had answers every single time. Um, Reed Shepard in the lane uh, a couple times had some some nice plays that would kind of stop the bleeding, if you will. And that that's what it's felt like has been the team's biggest problem through their struggles this year is when in doubt, they don't have a way to just like, okay, let's just get some points here and just everybody chill out and calm the hell out, right? Like they were able to keep it a buffer zone, unlike that Florida game at home where you just just get a a bucket or a, nice, a few timely buckets here and there and you'll keep them at bay like just just chill out some. Um and the the one in, in particular was the, the it felt like a yakety sax possession where Reed was kind of get bothered on the perimeter and they get a shot up and the ball bounces around and all of a sudden there's a dude there to clean it up and dunk it home. You're like, "Wait, mm-hmm. how did that how in the hell did that just happen?" But they got the loose balls. They busted their butts, and they 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 were able to stop the bleeding when necessary.
0: No, well said, and I, I think the Florida comparison I, I thought that was interesting. You brought it up that and this Kentucky team, known for its offense, and understandably and rightfully so. But anybody that's watched this this team this season knows the offense can go missing for stretches. It, it's it's. Obviously a lot more reliable this season than the defense has been, but there will be, you know, two, three, four minute stretches where shots aren't falling. They may be, or forcing some stuff or it could be really good offense. And yeah, like I said, simply the shot, the shots just aren't falling, but in those instances and that Florida game is a perfect example. They just couldn't get stops. So you'd have that nice six, seven-point lead. And Florida's a dangerous team. They're Not to get into a Florida discussion, they're a team to watch out for for a Final Four run. They're also a team that on the first day could probably lose. But I think they've won eight out of their last nine, seven out of their last eight. They're one of the hotter teams in the SEC, one of the hotter teams in the country right now. But again, in games like Florida, not just Florida, but like Florida, the offense would have, go through one of its normal slumps. That's just going to happen in the, in the course of basketball, and the defense couldn't do anything about it. So you were just not scoring on one end, and then you were giving up points on the other end. Against Auburn, when the offense was having some stretches, and they had d- several different stretches in this game where they weren't great offensively, 70 points, four threes, You know, those are things that we would have thought pregame wouldn't be good enough to win the game, but it was good enough to win the game because of what the defense did it was good enough to win the game because when the offense wasn't alive and it wasn't awake, the defense was, and it was, it was, it was creating energy Roush. You, you have hardly seen that on the defensive end for this team where it was creating offense. It was creating juice. Instead of it being a constant drain and like leading to putting UK's players heads down, it was a reason for them to put their heads up. And uh, I, I think it was, they were yelling about how many kills they had. What is that? Three straight stops. Um, they were pumped about that. Uh, they were pumped about that in the old Miss game as well. It was uh, a great defensive performance. And that, that's why you have to be respectable on the defensive end if you want to do anything of substance in college basketball is because offense is going to have some bad stretches. That's just bound to happen. You've got to be able to rely on your defense a little bit to carry the way Up until, really, this past week, UK hadn't been able to do it, but they were able to do it at times against Ole Miss, and they relied on it against Auburn. And here you go where Kentucky, these next three games, we're going to talk more about Saturday, but just a brief look ahead. At LSU, Alabama at home, at Mississippi State. You win all three of those games, you're getting two quad one wins. You're putting yourself virtually guaranteed for the double-bye in the SEC tournament. And, yes, I'm assuming Kentucky is going to beat Vandy and Arkansas at home. So I'm basically saying if you're going 3-0 and in your next three games, that really you're going 5-0. and um, Because I'm, I'm chalking those two bad boys up as wins. We probably shouldn't do it, but just for radio argument's sake, just hang with me here. But you're talking about in your next three games, you're getting two quad one wins. And Roush, the way the SEC would set up, yeah. most likely – 3 and 0 in your next 3 games it would likely mean that road game at Tennessee you're playing for at least likely a share of the Maybe. SEC regular yeah. season championship which who would have thought that who would have thought just a week ago that that would have been a possibility even 2 weeks ago people wouldn't right. have thought that was really a possibility and and if you don't go 3 and 0 in this next 3 game stretch it probably is not a possibility But that avenue is still there. That path is still there. You should beat LSU. It doesn't matter where that game's at. You need to take care of home court advantage. Alabama's really good. They're your leaders in the SEC right now. But you need to take care of home court advantage. And the Mississippi State is a team you've already beaten. They're a good team. That'd be a quad one opportunity. Starkville, that can be a difficult place to play. But it feels
1: like the game that it's going to truly test their ability. Where they're at. Yeah, yeah. Like – have you really learned, or was that just a flash in the pan? Like, are you ready? Right, or like, are you really Final Four good, or are you still kind of
0: doing some silly little things? You still yeah. doing some first and second weekend things?
1: Sleepwalking here and there, right? Like, yes, you get close, I agree with that. You are
0: so. this whole three game stretch. I think is a, the epitome of that. To just see you all just handled success. The Auburn game was huge. Are you guys ready to show that you're the real team that people thought you were, or are you still going to do some of the the goofy stuff? Well, but as and, Cal will always say, like you told on yourselves at Auburn. If, we, if you showed, if you showed you could do that, then you can do that against anybody. And there is truth to that, Roush.
1: Luckett well, like broke down the scenarios, and essentially what happened is South Carolina just opened up a, a window of opportunity, right? I don't think people were expecting them to lose about forty to Auburn, but they really, oh man, that that was one of my loser bets on Saturday. So you you thought South Carolina was going to bounce back at home and. Scoots, you're shaking your head. They were covering, like, the whole game and just really pissed down their legs I was, the It was bad.
2: I was so mad. It was yet another situation where I was getting offered a cash out. Should have taken it because South Carolina was up 15 at the time. And then what? You snap your fingers and they're up by two. <laughs> it was. Like, I mean, the, it's, it, was, right. it was crazy. Well, yeah, I watched the end of it because I was like, surely they're not going to give this away. And, oh. I mean, there, there had to be several people lose on South Carolina this weekend. What a joke.
1: Well, don't call me Shirley, uh, but that that opens up an opportunity for Kentucky. And what it had all the scenarios, but like essentially, if you beat Alabama, then you own most of the tiebreaker scenarios to get at least a top four seed. Now, you know chaos may continue to unfold elsewhere around the SEC that helps you if you keep winning. But taking care of business, winning a big game at Ruck, winning a big game at Rupp this Saturday against Alabama where you've you've struggled and you haven't given the home fans something to cheer for that can be a very galvanizing moment as much as winning on the road at Auburn was um last Saturday and it really sets you up to go on a run cuz TJ how many how many teams have even won playing for, from Thursday in the SEC tournament that's really hard to do right you, you might be able to go you might be able to make it a Sunday, but there's not much gas in the tank left after that. So it's getting it, getting the right seed can go a long way into giving yourself some, some Uncle Mo going into that NCAA tournament. Less than one month away now from selection Sunday. So take keep keep stacking up wins, cats. No, this is it. This is when you you want to turn it on. This is if you you start
0: playing poorly, you start getting nervous. Timing is everything when it comes to this sport and the way that it's set up with the men's NCAA tournament. You just want to you need to be playing your best basketball at the right time. I think hopefully Saturday was an indication that this team has turned it up. Big takeaway from Saturday, and we'll get to the Thornton's text line and the morning grab and go texters. To start hour number two, Rash. They did all the little things: diving on the floor, going after rebounds, loose balls, being tough, being physical. Uh, again, the margin for error for this team because of what they do on the defensive end—it's pretty thin. But if you start playing better defense, maybe it becomes a little bit, you know, that margin for error changes a little bit. Uh, That being said, though, in the meantime, just take care of the things you can take care of. Control the things you can control. And playing hard and playing with effort, that's how you win on the road at Auburn. And that's how you're going to make a Final Four or how you're going to win a national championship. You've got to do those things. And Kentucky did it on Saturday. It's no coincidence that they won, and they won comfortably. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call, coming up next. We're going to read your text. A lot of people have things to say about UK's win, and understandably so. So we're going to turn around the show to you. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great Monday. Monday morning,
1: it was all I hoped it would Over. You say over? I ain't heard no badly. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush.
2: We're just getting started, bro.
0: Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Roll and more fun through the Kentucky win scoots. You oh, know yeah. that. You're oh, yeah. you're part of the you you, you know how it rolls. Uh, hopefully Rutherford's feeling better and he'll be back to the Mike Rutherford show today, but not not as fun, I would imagine, doing U of L sports radio oh, on a day like today.
2: Yeah, that was that was rough, huh? I, I didn't watch any of that game, but man, I saw the final score and of course <laughs> I was keeping up on Twitter. Mike was texting about or tweeting about the guy that was going off on him. What, he had 41 points? Is that what he ended up with? Yes. Jeez. They got torched. They got torched,
0: but they, they are really shorthanded. You, we, we talk about Kentucky injuries. Uh, they also have had their fair share of injuries, and there's are. They have had a lot more like out for the season, out for the season, not coming back, off to Australia, uh, just. <laughs> not enrolled in the university anymore and nobody ever really knew that he was. Uh, They've had a lot more weird stuff go on with their program, but so much weird stuff, Scoots. I think it would be unfair not to give Kenny Payne a a third year. I agree. I think think he I think you got to you gotta give them year three. But yeah. keep the text rolling on in. We want to remind you about our friends at Thornton's. We love them. You do, too. That's why they're all over town. And you can save money when you're a Fresh Rewards member, whether it's on all their goodies inside the store, delicious sandwiches, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, they've got pre-made salads. They've got deli meats, all that fun stuff. Uh, or at the pump, which gasoline, it costs money. Check them out today. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, try to get to a few grab and go texters. Antonio Reeves hitting five. FU shots is something UK has lacked in big games and in big moments the last few years. Also, is there a player you can think of that gave you the utmost com- the utmost comp- confidence Excuse me, that something good was going to happen when he got the ball like Reed Shepard? He's made some boneheaded plays this year, but man, he's so poised. He just seems to always see the game two steps ahead. Well, I just think, you know, like I, I was impressed with Reed as well, but... It's just funny, so many people can be impressed with a four point, five rebound, three assist, and five steal stat line. Nothing over five, but still a lot of people wanting to talk about Reed. But I understand it. Like, he, he is just kind of a. He, he, he makes winning basketball plays. So you want him out there in games that you want to win. Um, but no, Reeves and. This team. This team is fun, Roush. That's the that, that's been a constant this entire season. It's just like how so many different people can have different favorites on this team, or you can watch a game and so many different things can stand out to you. And I do feel like a common trend is so so many times we come back to like Reeves is the player so many people don't talk about, yet he has been the most consistent, the best scorer, and without him this, I don't even want to think about where this team would be, but he, yeah, he has been Antonio Reeves has been huge this year.
1: Without a doubt. Um And I think particularly just in the fact that he doesn't have to uh be a three point shooter exclusively to score. And I know I've said that multiple times already uh, this year. Um And he, had, but he had a couple of those big threes. There was one in the second half in particular where, you know, you're doing the thing in your living room, put your hand up and he hits it and ah, big fist pump. Um, which was funny, because my one buddy that was over is a Louisville fan. He definitely had to think I was a psycho um, during that game. Um, but, <laughs> which, very funny that Kentucky to just beat Auburn and Louisville to beat Pitt, something that used to happen regularly, it was a 26-1 to money-on parlay. Like, that's such a weird thing to say out loud. Um, you, you did mention, like, the the texter mentioned Reed. There was part of me, though, that was a little bit frustrated that how um, – how bothered he was by some of the ball pressure. It's like, guys, just, just play through it. Uh, Rob, Rob was very frustrating for me on Saturday because he, he could be so great and so stupid at the same time. And I mean that sincerely. Like, dude, he did, he did the one thing you don't ever do, and that's he got away with something when he had three fouls. He kind of pushed the guy. And then he gave him an even harder push the second time. When they, uh, I forgot it was like a ball. It wasn't, it was like a screen thing and they're working together in the middle of the lane. But they showed the replay of his off ball fourth out. It's like, Rob, you can't do that, dude. Like, what? How come on? You're on the road. You got away with one. Now you're just going to shove him again. Oh, he's so good. But it's like that one scoop shot he had off the basket was so awesome and he was so great in the first half. But he just kept, he, do, he just does some of those things where you're like, Rob, yeah. I want you in the game. You can't do that. You can't stay in the game if you're doing stuff like that. He's, uh, that's why he's Kentucky's Tasmanian Devil, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a. He just doesn't really know how to defend, and it, it shows. And it's tough because he's he's so electric and he's so fun to watch on the other end. But yeah, he he's got he's got some issues there. Do you agree with Bruce Pearl to uh, uh, that the
1: officials were inconsistent,
0: and he's got to send in some tape to the office?
1: I mean, yes, from one half to the next, but like they—they, they, I think it benefited Auburn in a lot of instances. They're just really whining about a couple different calls, but that second half, they—they they slowed the game down. The rest went in at halftime. We're like, guys, this has been a good game. It's time for us to start getting a little bit of spotlight. All right, let's get those whistles ready and let's put them to work because they—they they were calling everything in that second half. Yeah.
0: Uh, they, it's college basketball officiating, Bruce. You've been around it long enough to know that that was not anything that you haven't seen before. And you were Kentucky was called for seven more fouls. You shot, I think six or seven more free throws than Kentucky did. Like, what What, what are you talking about? The, the, this was not something that was just totally like egregious or, Wild, uh, you your team benefited more from officiating. And by the way, Kentucky gets up sixty four to forty eight in the second half, and UK's offense, admittedly, goes on one of those lulls that we don't really like. And thanks to five Auburn free throws and one made three by Auburn, that's where things got probably the most hairy that it was going to get for UK. Then it was 64 to 56 in that game with three minutes to go. And that was, again, you still felt good about UK's chances of winning, but if there was ever a time it kind of got a little tight there, it was in that stretch. And in that stretch, you were awarded five free throws, all of which I think were maybe somewhat questionable in your own right. So Bruce Wadden about the refs was, was pretty funny after the game um but he was he was very complimentary of Kentucky and he he was like this team can guard Is, they can play defense does the
2: anxiousness at the end of that game come from what we've seen from Kentucky all season long because i even looked at gil at one point when it was a 10 point game and i was like man this just feels so much closer than ten points, right? And he looks at me and he was like, "That's how it's felt the whole second half." Kind of like you were expecting Auburn to go on a run, or you were expecting the Kentucky defense to take a step back, but that just never happened. So that that's what made that game so fun is the fact that it did feel like Auburn was able to, or was going to put a run together eventually, and Kentucky just never allowed them to do that.
0: Credit to UK on the defensive end because uh, yeah that that stretch I, I was worried I was kind of thinking the same stuff you're up 64 48 you can't really believe the score you feel obviously great about winning the game uh, but you wanting you're wanting to close it out and in that stretch where UK didn't score for a good bit when was there yeah so they went from 605 um, a Reeves bucket to. Two thirty six. Yeah. See, so like just imagine. I mean, think about that. On the one hand, that's not good. Like you, that shouldn't happen with this offense. But on the other hand, you still are able to win a game on the road where you don't make a field goal from the six oh five mark to the two thirty six mark. And you you still win. You still win. and You still win comfortably even. And in that stretch, I remember it. There were a couple of great looks that UK missed, and then there were sometimes Roush that they were playing a little uncharacteristically,
1: doing some things that they shouldn't have been doing. That was uh, also when the refs bailed out the Auburn three-point shooter when we kicked his leg out. Which, if we can replay all this stuff, that should be replayable, right? The kick-out three. Yeah, that was idiots. They're just bad, dumb people. I don't. No, not bad people. Dumb people. College basketball refs. They, they could really be bad. Really they dumb. could be good. We don't
0: really know their their motives or
1: their right. intentions. We don't know anything about them because there's no accountability. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not blaming the refs, but I am just saying they're not good all the time. That's college basketball officiating. Um, but nevertheless, it did not deter the Cats. They got the dub. They got the dub.
0: They did. A- another texter on the Thornton's text line. Grab and go texter says, John here. Good morning, everyone. What a great undefeated week for the basketball cats and the Bat-Cats. Justin, stay strong. You got this, my friend. Question KRC crew. Will we get baseball coach Nick Mingione on the show this season? I hope so. We'll got to go talk to you later. He's welcome to come on anytime. cats go 3-0. They sweep USC upstate. That over on Friday hit. Hopefully you were uh, you were participating in that. But, no, nah, that, that's what the U.K. baseball team should have done this weekend. They took care of business. I thought it was interesting. Yesterday they had, I think, like six or seven or something new starters in, like a real big lineup, basically like just the blue platoon, platoon if you will. Um, they, they played a bunch of people they hadn't played in the first two games. Derek Terry had a tweet saying, "Like this could I, I? don't dislike this strategy. It could help you later this season. It's never a bad thing to develop guys. And worst case, it could help you next season. So something to keep an eye on in those Sunday games. If if Nick Mangione is going to keep doing that, it may not be a bad thing. Even again, there could it could be a good thing. But they go three and zero all the same. A lot uh, the pitcher on Saturday the tra- he transferred in." Uh, and I don't know why his name's escaping me right now because I was, uh, I was very pumped about him. He was really, really good. Uh, so there, the Bat Cats could have some offense. They could have some pitching. Could be a pretty fun season for them. But they get started on the right foot. Three and and0. Better than whatever U of L baseball did. Roush. U of L baseball not. They were not. They're not undefeated.
1: Nope, not undefeated. You're right there. We all cashed that over on the the first opening pitch of the week of the season um so a, a nice a nice way to start things out. i do like that a little developmental on sunday a developmental action um i i'm not sure i don't have the schedule pulled up of when they open at home Tuesday. Right, it is it's tomorrow okay nice and that's what somebody was tweeting me at least so i'm just gonna go ahead and roll right. with it um also really nice that for the 50th anniversary game of kentucky women's basketball they they went out there and took care of business it was uh, tight late and they even fell behind in the fourth quarter, kind of had to call their way back and ended up getting the win. So I know it's, you know, it's not been a great season for them. And there's probably going to be some changes down the road. But, hey, that was a big moment. Celebrate it. So very happy that all the alumni, um, they got to return. They got, to, they got treated to a win. So very cool. And you are correct, TJ. 4 p.m. at KPP gets more head state tomorrow night. Oh, the moot bowl right
0: on Tuesday. Well, that'll it's be fun. fun I think the weather should be pretty nice for you to get out there and at least uh, catch the the opening pitch, see a few innings. Hopefully the back caps will get a win. And then this weekend it's the, uh, the Round Rocks Classic. I don't know where these games are going to be played. Oh, Texas. Round Rock, Texas. That makes sense where you'll play Washington State, Texas State, and Kansas this weekend for the back cats But great 3-0 weekend for them. Uh, I've made some money on just money lines, like uh, them and UCLA. I just parlayed them every game, and both teams got sweeps all weekend. Uh, I, why UCLA? I got a hot tip saying that they were going to win all three of their games include them into parlays. Uh, but maybe could be some money to be had on the baseball side of things moving forward. Keep the text coming in. John, thanks for jumping in on the Dash Clips KRC postgame show on Saturday. That was a fun one. We've had a lot of brutal ones. That was a, a good one. This was not in our first segment, but we'll get to it all the same. A texter on the Thorns text line says, I would be okay with Cal's press conference and him pounding his chest and calling people out if he would show up after losses and be a coward then. Cal is turning into a lot of this fan base and taking away the enjoyment of the great wins by settling scores with people that are hard on him. He has been terrible the last few years and he deserves criticism, but also deserves praise for the coaching job this Saturday. Roush, classic UK fan base. It can't just be a fun win.
1: Oh yeah. And like all those people who are all pissy and over it. Like, dude, get a box of tissues, go to your corner and pal. Like, <laughs> I don't I, I, I first and foremost a lot of if you notice he started the press conference by saying y'all are ready to st- write about something different it's because losers like Goodman and like it was all like the national media showed up to this game so he was kind of I, I think he was more so talking to them but secondly like I don't uh not everything Cal says has to be like not all of his words have to mean everything. He was just doing that as like a he's 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 creating an us against the world narrative with his team. He did that purely to just it's it's um it's like Nick Saban and remember when Georgia after they won the national championship and they were one of the most dominant teams ever and they said yeah some of y'all predicted we go seven and five like th- this is what coaches do they they make up they like. They basically gaslight their players into believing that nobody believes in them, and it's us against the world. Like that's what Cal's doing with this whole like I'm going to fight everybody. And you know what? That's when he's at his best when he thinks that there's a bunch of haters and there's a bunch of doubters. So please, Cal, continue to go into do whatever you got to do to win. I don't care Um, if 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 any of those media members like are sensitive about it. Who who cares? Just go do what you got to do to win. I don't even get what people are so worked up about. I, I don't either. Like, they don't like that he took a victory lap or something? Well, or, like, he's trying to get if, his shots in or something? I don't, yeah. If I'm Cal, I'm I'm
0: not starting that post-game presser doing that. And this, he, he does, he's not going to. This defaults back to, like, one of the core pillars of Kentucky roll call. That if you're allowing what John Calipari says to bother you in a, in a press conference, that's on you. That's on you. You, you, just, you shouldn't let that stuff happen. It's not the way that I would start a press conference after a win, right. but who cares? That's the way he he chose to do it. And I promise you, and Cal knows this, but when UK loses again, people are going to pile it on. And that's that's been the thing with Cal this year, is that like when things were going really well, he was kind of poking fun. So then naturally, when things weren't going well, People were going to pile it on a little bit more. And this is turning into like a little bit of a food fight of, all right, things are going well, Cal's going to pump his chest. Things aren't going well, people are going to throw dirt on Cal. Things are going well, Cal's going to come back at it. And I think Cal probably should focus on other things. And But you're right, Roush. This is not necessarily unintentional. Um, he's doing uh, this, it, there, there does seem to be like a, a little bit of a 14 narrative where, all right, everybody already wrote us off. And now we're, it's time to prove you all wrong. And the UK fan base is just sitting there. 99% of us being like, yes, please prove everybody wrong. Uh, go do it. Do like, and talk all the trash you want along the way, but just win. And that's what all of this comes back to baby is just win basketball games. And if you win and you want to do that stuff, that's awesome. But if you lose, people are going to come back and they're going to do stuff of the the equivalent of this, and you have to be ready for that. And even the cal the cal supporters, you have to know that like when cal is going to take his little shots, that people and it it doesn't matter like a who started it first sort of deal. There's been people out there that have ridden cal off for decades now, and they're not going to they're not any opportunity they have, they're going to jump on it and they're going to take it. But one thing I will say, Roush, that I did see a little bit of this. Is people saying, Jeff Goodman specifically, people don't don't criticize the players? Yes, they do. Stop. How naive and dumb do you have to be to legitimately think that people aren't coming after the players? Now, to be fair, the people in that room that Cal was talking to, those people probably aren't the ones that are crushing the players. But anytime you talk about how bad defensively this team is, what do you think? How do you think the players perceive that? Like, oh, yeah, we're, they're, they're speaking very highly of us, but they're actually only being mean to Calipari when they talk about how bad we are defensively. They take that stuff personal, and we do that on this show. We talk about how bad they are defensively. Uh, that is a, that is personal to the players. I mean, it's personal in the context of the basketball game, but that is crushing the players. Now, that being said, Cal, we're still going to crush the players when they deserve it. You're allowed to have your opinions on things in the press conference, but this idea that players are somehow immune to criticism this season is such a wild spin and totally untrue. And I bet if you were if you took the players' phones and you went through their direct messages on social media it would be a different story. But then again, those people aren't in the room with Cal. So if Cal was talking to those media members, you don't have those media members writing 7,000 word stories about how Justin Edwards is a bad kid. That isn't happening. But yes, these players have been criticized to suggest otherwise is, is really, I mean, but like it's sports. People get criticized.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And in, in I think his point, um, like, overall, when we're discussing narratives about the team and everything, like, the players' shortcomings aren't the primary talking point here. It's not like me versus Xavier Wheeler, right? Like, you know, like, most of the – I think Cal has received 98% of the blame for any of Kentucky's shortcomings this year so far, for lack of a better term. But, like, it's it's 2024. Everybody gets some form of criticism. Whether you think it's criticism – like. Like, Hero's uh, dad getting mad at Bran- – like, Brandon Ramsey, I don't think, was directly criticizing Hero, but they saw it as that, and so it doesn't matter. Like, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? Perception's everything. Nevertheless, it's just it's, – it's, it was it – was- I think it was people telling on
0: themselves about, like, here's another opportunity to whine about Calipari. Who's going to take it? And it was your normal suspects who took it. Like, it was just the the normal people who couldn't help but take the bait – and, and run with it again, not how I would start a press conference, but I'm not a hall of fame coach. I don't deal with that stuff. And he he's having fun in the wins, but this, it goes the other way. It swings back full momentum both ways where if Kentucky loses, if they were to lose Wednesday at LSU, you're going to have the media members who feel like Cal took a shot at them. They're going to come back even more ferocious and with more tenacity. But I'm just happy with a win. What what Cal says or doesn't say after the game, he can he can do whatever he wants with that stuff. Oh, yeah. Just win, just win, and everybody's cool with um, that.
1: One thing I was happy to see, Scoots. I, I think you were the happiest. Um, we got a coach firing bump because Ohio State they get rid of Holtman immediately, go out and beat per- Purdue. Um, which, man, big old sucker to Purdue. What a bunch of frauds.
2: Well, and and that. That was the one thing I was thinking yesterday is, man, I cannot wait until this same exact scenario plays out in the round of 32 or sweet 16. And everybody's like, Whoa, what happened to Purdue? They were so good. No, they're not. They're not going to win a national championship. So everybody that believes in Purdue, get off Purdue. They're going to stay. They're going to win games in the tournament, but I mean, they could absolutely run into a game like this where they just are not hitting teams, just playing more aggressive. I was, I love seeing it. i Big Ohio State fan yesterday.
1: Well, you know,
2: if I'm a Purdue fan, I'm a
0: little concerned because Minnesota really was taking it to you, and that game you were able to win that one, and then Ohio State was doing the same, and those two teams are are, are not good teams. Like, Ohio State and and, and Minnesota, Minnesota, you're Indiana, not gonna see making long, big runs in the tournament.
2: Indiana swept Ohio State. That is how bad Ohio State is, and then they turn around and beat Purdue. So yeah, Purdue not good. They are frauds. Great word choice for Alsh.
1: I um, also think that this is this is why you, Louisville should fire Kenny Payne today. I mean, what what do you have to lose? Get the Matt Painter was like we didn't lose because they, he got fired. It's like yes you did. Like you don't understand this is how this is how it works. You fire the coach, the next game you play well. Like that's uh, just it's how. So Louisville fire Kenny Payne, go beat Duke. On, is it Wednesday? I don't know. Wednesday, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. Do do the right thing, Louisville. Just move on. Because people forget that Kenny Payne is still actually Louisville's head coach.
0: You all fans, I've just seen, like, the countdown after every game. Like, four more games,
1: five more games, or whatever number they're at. The um, the other thing, too, did – uh. I mean, Jeff Wallace can't win either. Got a home crowd. It's packed for a top 25 matchup against Virginia Tech, and they got smoked. They got smoked. He, Uh-oh. Was it the ACC official's fault? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He kind of was like, we got hit shot," So he didn't really throw his players under the bus, um, but it wasn't his fault he couldn't win the big one. Uh, Rick Pitino did throw his players under the bus. That was... Oh, <laughs> <that was laughs> yeah, he the, did. Oh, man. It was... It was very, it was the most Fatino like hot dog guy wearing the hot dog costume, driving the hot dog car. Like, I don't know who recruited these players or who agreed to coach in these terrible facilities, but these players suck. Um, He said this was the most enjoyable coach, unenjoyable coaching experience of his life. Um, I'm never, I threw this team together at the last minute, not doing that again. You can recruit slow players at Missouri. That's fine, but I can't coach like this. I can't coach with these guys. Uh, the other thing, he dropped an S bomb. He said, um, "We can't recruit because we don't because we have poopy facilities. We're doing something about that, but just because we have poopy facilities doesn't mean you can't guard." It was a tirade of all tirades, uh, which I actually watched a lot of this game. They were up by 19 in the first half. Uh, We were sitting there watching it at Roosters, and they just completely, completely collapsed. So funny. So funny. Fun casual joint at Roosters. Rouse has been there twice in a
2: week. What the heck? Zero invites to me. Or me.
1: Hmm. Yeah. uh, It's a good night. It's a good night. Hmm. I got to pick. So they were like, what do you want? And I was like, well, if nobody's going to make a decision, let's just go to Roosters. I got the mozzarella sticks for you, though, TJ, because I know how much you love them. Aren't they great? They are great. I I still prefer fried pickles, but I had those Friday in St. Paul. Um, They did the pickle Spears, too, which is a nice little treat. Oh, the
0: the pickle John Spears. Yeah.
1: Is Spears doing his show today, Scoots?
2: Yep. He'll be here all week.
0: Wow. Good. Good. Glad glad he's gonna be doing a little work. We gotta pay the bills with our commercials, and then we'll come back, we'll do a little bit of work, and we'll just try to get through the text line from the game Saturday. A lot of people excited, understandably so. The cats? Well, folks, they're back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Ooh, Nick Rouse, huh? Justin Kalen. Go,
2: come, Monday, it'll
1: be all right. come Monday. I'll be
2: holding
1: your Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Ah, the best freaking team in all the land. Woohoo!
0: Welcome back. One final segment to get your week started. Monday edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. I enjoyed the the snow on Friday night, made for a pretty little Friday night, and then you got to see it there Saturday, but then by the end of Saturday, it was mostly gone, but it's going to warm back up this week. Who knows? I I bet we'll probably get one more snow this winter, probably another week or so of the the cold weather, but spring is approaching, and we're going to get, like we said, another taste of it this week. Get out on the golf course. Wednesday's looking like just an absolutely perfect weather day. You're going to want your Shady Rays sunglasses. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that promo code BIGX for 40% off at checkout. ShadyRays.com, the best polarized sunglasses. Do not have spring sneak up on you without your polarized Shady Rays sunglasses. Check them out today. ShadyRays.com. Roush, there's a lot more we can get to. If you've got anything on your mind, feel free to let it rip. I was going to get to the Thornton's text line when we get a moment. But if any quick hitters for you or Scoots, um, I've got a few things written down, but I can always save those for tomorrow.
1: And um, note, it came Wednesday this week, so this, the schedule will be a little different. I would just like to say that, man, somebody, somebody helped Jay Williams. Um, I, don't, I don't know who hurt him or what happened, but remember when he was like kind of fun and decent at his job, that guy is just completely gone off the deep end. Um, And I, you know, I'm not one to care too much about takes and all that sort of stuff, but I mean, my gosh, he's so miscalculated so often in really everything he does. He went to the NBA and tried to be take guy and it's, it's bad. He was, I know he got some fans upset because he said that the, Kentucky's the Cowboys, and it's like, well, no, 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 the Cowboys haven't won in thirty years. Kentucky, it's ten. I mean, it's still a long time, but like, chill out, Jay. And then he had to get all hot takey on Caitlin Clark, like she ain't won nothing, Paul. It's like, dude, she she lost in was it overtime of the national championship game last year? It was at least a close game in the national championship. Like, did you you lost in those two, Jay? Does that mean that you, you aren't? In, like, it's just it's silly. Like, I. I just, I don't, I don't really understand him. Well, he's, um, he's
2: not the leading scorer, so he's not great. He, I mean, he didn't win any championships, so he's not great. What a freaking idiot. When I saw that quote this weekend, I about lost my mind. Like, she's not great because she hasn't won any championships. Jay, she is the leading scorer in NCAA women's basketball history. That alone makes her great. I don't care what he said. What an idiot.
0: I just feel like the form, like, it's like when you do a really long math equation. And it's just like you get laughed at with your answer when in reality, like you may have been closer to the right answer than you actually think just somewhere got miscalculated. Like this was the wrong answer. I mean, the whole take was really, really dumb, but I, I did get disappointed with everybody like crushing him without at least attaching his rationale and reasoning to why he said it. But even when you did that, it, it didn't really make it that much right, better. Right, so yeah. that, that I, I, I understood why. I mean, he, he got crushed, and understandably so. But he did have a reason for it. It's because she hadn't won a championship. But you can't use the word great there. You can't compare her to Steph and Kobe. And, like, I, he didn't compare. He compared her to Steph, but then he said, maybe it's the Kobe comparison for me. Like, how can you compare somebody to Steph and then also not say they're great? Like just the whole, the whole take (laughs) gets lost in translation. Now, if he wanted to say like, I can't say that she's the goat because she hasn't won a championship, then all right, you probably wouldn't have been crushed as much there. But when you're using a synonym, like great that, I mean, we use great for like uh, my lunch today could be great. And it could be just something super unhealthy and just normal. Great's pretty great. can be ordinary, um, in the in the realm of sports to call somebody great. He's a great passer. He's a great defender. Oh, that was a great game. But if we're talking about like she's great, obviously, nobody would say that Caitlin Clark's not great. But if you want to say the greatest of all time, and your reasoning is my tiebreakers championships, then there there could be a formula a formulated take for you, buddy. But in the way that it was presented horrible he deserves to get crushed for it he at least provided some reasoning but wasn't very good reasoning as scoots alluded to
1: no not not great at all big suck it to jay williams um yeah just take out your second and suck it pal um how about we do go back to the Thornton's text on though 502 414
0: yes the texter says scoots is a fascinating guy isn't he
2: Domestic abuse, fine. NCAA violations, no thanks. My my point was just I don't really care what happens off the court as long as you're winning on the court. That's all. That's all. I'm, I'm not. I am not pro domestic violence. Is you? Is I? You going to be joining U of L on the coaching search train? I hope not. I, I really, really hope not. That that was kind of my thing last night when I was watching the Indiana game. Is. I've tried to look at it from a coaching perspective the last few weeks. And it's not Mike Woodson's fault. These guys just can't hit shots. I mean, what's when a guy can't knock down an open three? What's the coach supposed to do about that? You know, I mean, it's it's Trey Galloway, it's McKenzie Embaco. Those two specifically yesterday had all kinds of open looks from three and just were not knocking them down. That is in my opinion, that is not Mike Woodson's fault. He says they practice free throws. I, I still don't even know what our final free throw numbers were. Maybe eleven of twenty three, something like that. So that's that's not his fault. They. Practice practice free throws. They do this stuff in practice. I don't under, I, I don't get it. I just don't, I feel like Indiana's cursed. So what IU fans would probably say
0: is like recruit players that can do it, but they like can. Recru-
2: We've seen that. That's the thing. We've seen these guys knock down shots. They can hit free throw. McKenzie and started the year 21 of 21 from the free throw line. And then he, I think he was like five of eight yesterday. Like that's not on Woody. That's on at McKenzie and Baca. We're, wh- wh- these guys just lose their head, and it drives me nuts. It's not on Coach Woody. It's not.
0: Yeah, I, I, but, like, he put together the team. He's the
2: coach. He, It's him. It is him. I don't think so. I, I, I refuse to believe that. I mean, he has – understandably so gotten a lot of heat the last month or two and indiana may ultimately decide to go a different direction i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen but to me i just i uh, there's just never any consistency there's no consistency on the floor because there's no consistency at the top with starting with the head coach and that just drives me nuts
0: yeah, it's uh, I I I get everybody being frustrated, but you're one game out from second to last place in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's it's game. another it's another losing record in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten down for really its normal standards. Yeah, you're three games above 500. Like I I get I you and IU fans, if UVal fans feel fatigued, if Kentucky fans feel fatigued. IU fans just have to like. I, I get just not being patient anymore if you're an Indiana fan. Yeah, but you can't. And I like Mike Woodson too. I'm not saying I'm not saying I would fire him, but I, I could totally get the people that are worried. You just can't keep that revolving. Out.
2: You can't keep that revolving door going, though. You know, I mean, at some well, point there's got to be some consistency at the top, which will then hopefully spread down to the guys on the floor. But man, it's it's been frustrating. There. The the thing about Indiana is they have so many flashes every game. There's like three, four, five scenarios where you're like, "Wow, that's beautiful basketball, competent basketball," and then they just lose their heads. I don't I don't understand it.
1: My um, my my Scoots, I could see a scenario where you do still like Woodson's been a overall net plus I think for Indiana compared to where they were. And I think he probably could get him back. But uh, Mark Titus shelled this theory out that Indiana is going to act rash and pull the trigger just because they don't want Dusty May to take another job. Gross. They're afraid. Gross. They're afraid. That's not a – They can't even welcome the prodigal son. They've already got one prodigal son in Mike Woodson, but they're afraid that another prodigal son will take another job and then never come home. So they might fire somebody quickly just to get Dusty May back at Indiana. That
2: That's a horrible strategy. That's like me wrecking the scooter, and I had a cut on my arm, and instead of going to the doctor and get it looked at, I just put a freaking Band-Aid on it. Like, no, dude, that's not the problem. The problem is your bones. A Band-Aid isn't going to fix that. Dusty May is not going to fix anything at Indiana. I would hate that hire.
0: Yeah, how could a somebody as... Is- just minuscule as a position like the head coach of a basketball program, be able to turn things around, Roush? You kidding me? No way, no well, way. Well, I mean, he's
2: he's only going to get the love because he's an Indiana guy. He he spent time in Bloomington, so he's got to be the right choice. He's had success at Florida Atlantic. That's not the right hire.
0: Well, it's going to be after three years of Mike Woodson zero second weekends of the NCAA tournament.
1: Hey, they that's, just had stuff. They just got in, man. Second weekend of NCAA tournament. That's that's a banner now for Indiana. I mean, you know? really like
0: the the Sweet 16 game for IU really is like the national championship. If you can break through and get to the Elite 8, that's uncharted territory at the current state of IU's program. I can understand, excuse me Scoots, I can understand if IU fans are not all
2: right with that. I mean, I can I can't even argue with you guys cuz that, that that's all truth.
0: A texter says South Carolina blows a 16 point lead they can suck it.
1: I, I, I've really churched that one up. Yep, you really had to. Um, somebody sent in a picture of Josh Hopkins yelling at Jeff Goodman, hang it in the loo. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, so what was up with Jeff Goodman and, like, Jack after the game or something like that? Yeah, he hopped in um, while they were doing their rapid reaction. He went and started chiming in. I haven't, I haven't watched it. Um, I also heard they ran out of space on the SD card. So, like, their 25-minute talk just was only 22 minutes um but peak finally got a road trip win with jack uh so he got a got a happy drive home he's a man he's one of a kind love me some stephen peak <laughs> is there more there no it's just like I, I like just hearing some of the updates from jack Where like it, his just peak is just at 11 out of 10 constantly and A lot of it is, like, his manic... Like, he's still very, very upset about UNC Wilmington. We were discussing this on uh, uh, whenever the... Thursday, whenever the Bush Hamden press conference was. So, like, the fact that he's... He's the only person I know still talking about UNC Wilmington. So, it just... It gives me great joy to know that he's experiencing the the positive side of that. And I I just... I want to see peak at his peak... peakness. During positive Kentucky this. like will he just in like spontaneous internal combustion if Kentucky went to the final four, right? Like, I I want to know what that's like. I hope we get the opportunity to see it. Uh, by the way,
0: Alex on the Kentucky roll call Facebook page, he was at the game at Auburn. Uh, I know that those were very very pricey tickets to be able to. Get in at that game. Good for you, Alex. And that arena is so little and tiny. It's a little baby arena that there's no bad seats there. But you had great seats as well. And maybe you were the person that sent in this picture of Josh Hopkins yelling at Jeff Goodman.
1: Yeah. And also, like, what a great feeling that has to be to just go into – winning on the road is so much fun when you're an opposing fan. Just – I. There's there's nothing like it, Tej. I don't know when the last time you experienced it was, but it is just it's such a thrill. Oh. Uh like a month and a half ago. When you were there? When I was there. where you what road games you go to? Oh okay, well that was a home game. I'm I'm talking like a real road game. <laughs> Like playing mean, winning at the winning at which, the Yum Center is like a day that ends in Y. I mean I, that all I, the time. I promise
0: you, Roush, I had a good time when UK won at the Yum Center. Like I, you know, that
1: that was also fun. You know what I'm uh, saying, but When when it's like the game's in the balance, you're not sure if it's gonna like yes. you're probably a dog. Like that 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 was only the tenth time that Kentucky was a dog of ten of seven plus points uh in the calipari era. Scott. No, that would have that would have been an all timer to be at. People, yeah. the UK fans
0: that were there, that that will be on their on their brain for the rest of their of their life. Uh, but good for Josh Hopkins. And one thing I worry about with Jeff Goodman is, and I think we're maybe already too far gone on this, is that like we just got to be careful propping. I don't want to prop him up as like I'm Jeff Goodman. and You may not like what I have to say, but I'm Mr Basketball. Like he's a goober, should be treated as a goober. Uh, I know he wants to like do those fun little spots with Jack, but if I was Jack, I'd be like, "All right, Jeff, we we see you, buddy." Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like it's he, like a stray cat. It's like you you want Jeff to be all right personally. That's all right, but like you know, give him some food and just you can't really worry about what the stray cat does
1: when you're not with it. It also um, it was he <laughs> uh, he Norlander came on and he was talking about just following a column and Goodman's like. Oh man, I don't miss the days of doing that. It's like, oh, you mean like actually working and not just um, being a PR guy for all your buddies in college basketball, spreading news for him. Yeah.
0: And Jeff, like you, you were doing that until I mean, I, not to not to be mean, but you were doing that until you were let go from jobs where you no longer are now doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, TJ, you called it, second half, here comes the ticky-tack BS. We got shoved and no call, and they're calling hand checks on us. I mean, just college basketball, you know, if you watch it enough, you kind of know how the script is going to go for the most part. But overall, hey, you know what? I'm not going to complain about the refs because Kentucky won, and – they they're college basketball refs. They're gonna get yeah. some stuff wrong. I think they got a, a block charge call right, actually, which I was very thrilled to see oh, them. Man. They're doing a better job, you know, credit where credit's yes. is too. They're doing a better job of that year with block and charges. And they're just not like, oh, you fell down? Charge, aha. They're not just giving the benefit of the doubt to the lazy fall over play anymore. Well,
1: it's, it's been replaced by the goaltending rule, which Kentucky got the benefit of for the first time yeah, all such, year.
0: Such a terrible rule. <laughs> and I'll say that like UK fans, myself included, will get in frenzies about officiating and calls and stuff like that. But that's like that that benefited Kentucky on Saturday, yeah. and the collective opinion of the fan base was this is so dumb. Like that is such a bad rule. But
1: I, I am just like that. Is, has been nice that the block charge has been minimized. I think there were like back-to-back possessions where we had it, but nevertheless, um, it's it's been greatly diminished. Uh, speaking of floppers, Baker Mazzara, new thorn of the SEC flopper and a foul seller. He's really bad about it. Katie Johnson. I love that you. I just love when Chris Jones gets called out. Like you get that call back. That's when you know it's bad. And Katie Johnson. I was losing my mind when he tried to sell that flop. Like Dave, that but don't it. worry. Bruce Pearl's gonna send some tape into the SEC. It's okay. <laughs> Gosh. Uh
0: Reps imposing their will in the second half. Glad they stopped our fan be- or <clears throat> glad they stopped the ball on our fast break with a player nowhere near the play again. That ex- it, it, ex- that exclusively it, it, hurts Kentucky. Just it just that I, whatever that happens, it exclusively hurts Kentucky.
1: It is so infuriating. It's like this guy is just I, 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 and he was he was he was the guy that got seriously injured, I believe. But like that's not the rule. The rule isn't to just stop the game no matter what. It's only if they're in the way. They were not in the way. Stop doing this, refs. And also, just imagine like football. You know, like you you do a
0: pitch to Christian McCaffrey. He cuts over. He gets onto the outside, and then the wide receiver on the opposite end of the field is cramping. So they stop the play. Like, you never in a million years would you ever do that? Why are we doing that in basketball? And I get it that if there's, like, a fast break and he's withering in pain at the free throw line or, like, right under the rim, that maybe you need to blow that dead so somebody doesn't get literally murdered. But on the other end of the court, Roush is right. It's just not the rule. It's not when you're supposed to hold up play right there. But regard whatever. Regardless, uh, somebody may be like, well, technically in the rule, if you look under Section 2, they if they think that it's life-threatening, they can, you know, i don't know maybe it's maybe it's technically just don't do it it's a bad basketball play stop it stop don't stop it don't stop stopping it stop stopping it but don't stop stopping it you know what i mean sure i've never seen worse officiating in my life to keep them in this game absolutely insane the way the refs are falling for every flop sticking legs out taking away layups from us i've never seen a team get away with pushing and smacking and pulling and uh, so th- this was in the second half. This texture was really going through with the officials. It works out well. I was getting frustrated too, but yep. Cats did what they needed to do. And that's a that's mature for a team without Trey Mitchell out there. That's a whole other thing. Cats grew up on Saturday.
1: Cats aren't done yet. Way to finish. Refs don't get involved. It's a 25 to 30 point win. Uh, another texture sent in the, the wire, Idris Elba meme. I want you to put the word out there that we back up. Uh, yeah, good string, stringer Bell Shout out to the wire The uh, The thing we didn't mention like You, you did mention Trey Mitchell Out but to do um, That energy he brought Was incredible And I just I I Hope that they don't Squeeze him too much for Trey's offense when Trey does return You know what I mean or like I hope they don't go exclusively big. I do think it can like, cause a lot of times Justin Edwards was in there as a three. And so I think Adu do. And Mitchell um, with a uh, Yugo can, can work, but really the, that, 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 that uh, do you go just defense intensity, effort, energy, physicality that, that feels like Kentucky's best version of the front court. Because here's the thing you don't, you don't need Trey's offense all the time because your guards are so good, right? Like So, like, you you should want more defense out of your front court. Like, I, that just makes sense to me. We,
0: we had these conversations for so long, but we finally have an answer on all this stuff. Like, we know what the front court should look like, and it, it should be just a, a combination of Ugo and Trey and Adu. And if Hugo's having a bad game, then it should be Trey and do. and you should be willing to go small. And a little bit of Bradshaw is okay, but Bradshaw, it, Bradshaw and Big Z are, are the people that should be getting fewer and fewer and fewer minutes, and that's the way that it has gone. But we know what like this team should look like, and again, it doesn't mean these people aren't machines, so they can have bad games. All right, so-and-so's having a bad game, then here's what it should look like. And for so long, it was a wild card, and we weren't really sure. Now we know. And it is. It's a do, and it's Trey, and it's Ugo. And then after those three, the, the other people should be getting some very limited time. But, yeah, we've got options, and we've got answers, too, which we didn't have the answers for a long time. How do I watch the postgame show? It's on social media, on X, where you at TJ me. Walker Radio. and It was a fun one on Saturday. And Had you don't hockey. watch
1: it. You just listen.
0: You no. just listen to it, yeah. Plenty of guys can score. We're very talented, but we need guys – besides Mitchell and the to get on the floor after balls and fight and show toughness. Edwards may only have had four points tonight, but he's done all those things here lately. And it's been great to watch. I think he's finally found his role. I think Edwards knows his role. I think he may get some confused every so often. He may have a flash where he forgets his role, but once he knows what he's supposed to do out there, he deserves minutes when he plays that way. Roush yeah. again, you know, he Roll. shouldn't be the first or second or third option offensively, but he deserves minutes when he plays that hard on the other end.
1: And he only took three shots, and the only one he missed was a wide open three. Yes, you should you should take that on the extra pass. So, um, I also like to Rob showing that energy earlier. And TJ, you you were right. I just I forgot to log that bet. Like I was going to wait and see how much money I won because it was minus one seventy. But the Dillingham steal, he did that in the first what eight minutes or so, and he was getting on the floor, getting after the ball, and that led to points in transition. My thought logic behind the
0: steals bets are like the UK just plays games that have so many possessions that naturally some just are turnovers poked away fast play fast paced style of play ball you know gets it gets it gets yeah. knocked away uh, but and that but, wasn't really you know it was a it was a slower pace on Saturday but all my steals bets that I hit they all they all hit so yeah you were my, right to point that out on the Facebook page good for my
1: you. only worry with the steals ones on the road is that they just get called fouls yeah. mm-hmm. that yeah. but um Kentucky very aggressive very aggressive said, speak,
0: speaking of aggressive this texture says big win the key is playing physical defensively uh, again we we this the auburn game versus the tennessee game in just terms of how kentucky their mentality going into it was night and day different tennessee yeah. they weren't ready for to for mm-hmm. a physical game and it showed auburn it looked like they were the ones bringing the physical game to auburn and i like that we all like that that's the kentucky basketball we can we can it, settle it, with and I believe
1: a was out for that game against Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. So, or he was just coming back. That obviously makes a huge difference. But a lot of it is the kind of growth, right? Like the the cats got shell shocked by some some of that early on. They mm-hmm. weathered the storm against Mississippi State, but that's why that 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 game is going to be a nice barometer for how far you've come when it comes. The to LSU game on Wednesday,
0: Roush. It's gonna be a tough one. Has anyone been more wrong about anything than Matt Jones was about Ugo? Matt Matt's had a rough season about predictions and stuff on this season. What did he delete yesterday? I don't know. I, didn't see I don't either. know. I don't know either. I just see a bunch of respo- responses to a tweet that I can't see. But um, I think it was about the Cal stuff in the post game, folks. Like Cal, if they're winning, who cares what Cal says? I think that's what everybody will default back to if they're winning, right? We can be nitpicky and get mad. You should never get mad about things Cal does or doesn't say. But if they're winning, he can do his thing. And that was a big one on Saturday. Oh Got to keep God. it rolling. Got to keep it rolling on Wednesday, though. And and to Saturday oh, with God. another home game. This is a big week for UK basketball. Wednesday? What?
1: Wednesday, not- 9 o'clock.
0: Wednesday, no. 9 o'clock.
1: Cut it out, SEC. Only Tuesdays. Come on.
0: Everybody have a great, great Monday. Thanks for listening. This was more fun. UK basketball, it's the best. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. This is KRC on the Big S.